Good morning, Victory Church. How you doing? My name is Troy. My wife, Darla, and I get the incredible, incredible privilege to pastor this church. And if you're visiting with us this morning, welcome. We're so glad you're here. We're glad that you chose Christmas Sunday or, or Christmas weekend. Let's put it that way. We all understand that Christmas is when? Kids, when do you get your presents? Some of you are happy. I'm more happy than the kids are. I'm ready to get my presents on Tuesday. Look, it's just an incredible, incredible opportunity to have all of our kids with us. All of our kids workers are in here this morning. And again, we, we did last week, but we just want to say thank you again for watching our kids, for teaching our kids about Jesus and allowing us to be able to be in here and worship week after week. I just want to take one quick second because if you are... Uh, if you call Victory Church your home, you have heard me mention real briefly for the past few weeks about a fast that's coming up, a church-wide fast, and I've, I've heard it getting around through Dream Teamers are like, what's he talking about? Well, you know, what, what am I going to have to fast and all this kind of stuff? Let me just explain real quick, because next week, December 30th, we will kick off a brand new series called Turn Down for What, all right? Uh, you don't, don't want to miss that. And um, what, what we're going to walk through, I'm going to walk you through a little bit more of why we're fasting and what we're praying for into the new year. But fasting is a spiritual discipline. It's, it's kind of a principle of taking something that you would normally have that's completely okay for you to have and keeping it from yourself in, in, a, in a, sacrifice, a sacrificial action to God. And you're increasing prayer time and Bible reading time and different things. So let me give you some examples. Some people fast food. Not fast food, all right? They don't go and eat McDonald's and claim it's spiritual. Uh, they, they, they fast food. Some people will do what they call a Daniel fast, where they don't eat sugar or bread or anything like that. Some people will fast all food, and they'll do just a liquid fast. Some people will fast social media. Some people will fast TV, uh, secular music. Some people fast sleep, and they get up a couple hours earlier. But, but no matter what you choose, okay, let me go ahead and give you a big relief. We don't tell you what to fast. Okay, we don't tell you what to fast. Uh, we we want to be able to give that to you. We want you to be able to pray and ask God what he would lay on your heart. But all that we ask is that during the time, you don't focus so much on what you're missing, but you focus on extra time in prayer and reading the word. And it's just a great way to start the year off, right? We ended our year by giving towards, towards Purpose Prevails, and people stepped up and gave sacrificially. Now to begin our new year in fasting, and if you, if, again, if you're a part of the family, you know that our word for 2019 is more. We're believing Ephesians 4.20, more. And before we can get more, we got to get less, right? Right? We got to be able to fast and tell God, hey, we'll put that aside for you so that we can get what we're expecting in 2019. So that's just kind of some basic information for you. So again, if you're a part of the church and you're planning on fasting in the new year, spend this week praying and asking God, what would you have me to fast? I always do this, and again, I kind of have to preface myself by saying it's not a bragging aspect, but it's a leadership aspect. I will never ask you to do something that I'm not doing. And so I give you, I tell you this for two reasons. Uh, God has called me to fast all food, so it'll be a liquid fast um, from, and it's 20 days from January 1 to January 20th, because January 20th is our birthday. It's our one-year birthday as a church. Amen? Yeah. Amen. And so we'll fast for that, and we'll break it after church that day. It'll be a big birthday party. It'll be a good time. Um, but God has called me to do that. I tell you that for two reasons. Number one, so I can lead you. Number two, so that you do not ask me to go out and eat lunch at a meeting for those 20 days, all right? Leave me alone for those 20 days because I'm going to be like Gollum all in the corner going, my precious, you know, and bread on. Anyway, anyway all right. Uh, we've been in a series called Born for This that we bring to a close today. It's been just our Christmas series, and we've been in Luke chapter so if you got your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 2. If you don't, feel free to Google it on your phone. The verses will be behind me. And I really enjoyed 
taking a traditional story and looking at it in a very untraditional way. And if you've been with us the first week, we talked about how Mary carried hope and that we are also called to carry hope. And then last week, we started looking at how God marketed Jesus and we got to the point to where we realized that God was introing Jesus. And if you weren't here, you missed an example of how we took the, res- or the, the birth of Christ and connected it to WWE wrestling. And so if you weren't here for that, you go, oh, man, how did I miss that? Um, and so we bring it to a close today. And I'm actually going to close it. And I'm going to read through that whole Christmas story again as tradition as it is today. And then I'm going to share with you one verse that has been on my heart since I started studying this passage. And I didn't know why. And it was for today. So here we go. Luke chapter 2. We'll start at verse 4. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all of the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they agreed that the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. And then here's our verse for the day. You ready? But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. When I was studying this chapter past few weeks, that verse kept standing out to me because it kind of looked out of place. And so I kept kind of praying and asking God off to the side when we were writing other messages, what's the point? What is this for? What is this for? And I really felt like the Lord gave me something this week for you. And it's all on that, that Mary treasured into her heart and she pondered it. Walk with me real quick. Mary is an ordinary girl. And all of a sudden, here comes this angel And this angel informs her that she's going to become pregnant and give birth to the Savior, the the Son of God. And after she has to process all of that, right, she has to process how is this going to happen, what's this going to look like. And then she realizes she has to tell her husband Joseph that she's pregnant and he had nothing to do with it. Okay, so then you got that moment. So she's processing how to deal with Joseph and then that works out. And right when that happens, Caesar Augustus puts in this decree, and now she has to travel 90 miles over about six weeks on the back of a donkey. And when we talked one week about how what it must have been like for pregnant Mary to be on a donkey for that long, and they get to the place, and as you saw in the scripture, they get there and there's no room for her. 
She did all of the traveling, and now there's no room for her. And so she finds herself in a, in a, a, a barn, or we even said that theologically it was probably more of a cave. And there she is with, and she gives birth, and, and if you have a nativity scene, she was surrounded by animals, but we even kind of talked about that a little bit. And so she's surrounded with, and then here comes these strangers, and she has to take her brand new baby and put him in a manger, in a, in a feeding trough, and in comes these complete strangers. Ladies, do you remember when you gave birth for the first time? You didn't want complete strangers to come visit you. You know what I mean? And they just come walking in. At least they brought gifts, right? They had, they had gold and frankincense and some myrrh, you know what I mean? And so they come in with gifts. And now they're like telling her that her son is the son of God and they're prophesying the angels sung and all this is going on. That's, that's quite a year, right? Think about it. Nine months pregnant, angel, te- let's just say it was 12 months. That's quite a year to go through from this ordinary woman who's engaged to be married to now she's the mother of the savior of the world. And so it makes complete sense to me that Mary would stop and ponder a little bit. Just take it all in. So she treasured it all up and she pondered. You know, there's a lot of reasons to love this season. Some of you love it because of the food. Can I get an amen? Right? That's my reason for living. Um, some of you love it for the presents. Anybody in here love it for the presents, right? Some, some of you adults are more happier about gifts than your kids are. Um, some of us love it for football. Some of us love it for family. Some of us love it because of the lights and the Christmas trees and, and, and just the giving season. There's so many reasons to love it. Some of us don't really care for the season at all because of what it might mean or what memories might come up. But there's just so many things about this season. But here's the one thing that I don't know that we often talk about or think about. Regardless of all of that, here's what Christmas season is guaranteed to be. It's a curtain call on another year. It's the ending of another year. I know that on December 30 or 31st, people gather, and that's when we really celebrate the end of the year. But let's be honest, we start thinking about it long before December 31st. And so here's this year, and we're looking back on it, right? And it was a year filled with ups and downs. It was a year filled with good and bad, filled with clarity and confusion, met expectations and unmet expectations, and we could go on and on of all the things that are in this year, life, death. You look back and watch this, you find yourself in a place of ponder. See, what's going to happen is Tuesday, you're going to gather and you're going to open presents and eat food. And at some point, you're going to eat the last bit of food. And you're going to open the last present. And you're going to wave goodbye to the last family member. And you're going to begin to ponder the year. How was 2018? You'll begin to think about the ups. You'll begin to think about the downs. Think about the good and think about the bad. And when I read that verse, Luke 2, 19, I thought Mary is pondering what has happened over the past 365 days. And I kept studying that verse. And did you know that the word ponder means to weigh mentally? And so as soon as I heard that, I got this picture in my mind. To weigh mentally. And it makes so much sense because let's say that you and I are pondering 2018. 
And so when we ponder, we weigh mentally all the things that happen. So some of you remember the new job that you got? That was positive. But then some of you remember the job that you lost? That was negative. Some of you remember the relationship that started? Some of you remember the relationship that ended? Some of you remember the finance struggle? Some of you remember the financial blessing? And we begin the process of weighing mentally all the things that happened in 2019. And for some of us, we have merry thoughts, and some of us have miserable thoughts. You've got the good, and you've got the bad. Some of us remember God's promise. Some of us remember the pain. And the more I saw that, and the more I thought about it, and I thought about you, and I thought about me, and I thought, come the end of 2018, what are you going to ponder? Are you going to ponder more on the misery side? Or are you going to ponder more on the merry side? Will you remember the good things? Or will you remember the bad things? Because here's what I came to encourage you about this morning. Something real quick, real short, but here's what you need to get. You get to pick what you ponder. It's the end of a year, curtain calls coming down, and we've all had good times, and we've all had bad times. We've all had expectations that were met, and we've all had expectations that weren't met. We've all had moments that we would say were victorious, and moments that we would think were fellow. Moments of death, and moments of life, moments of health, and moments of sickness. And at the end of the year, you and I get to pick which ones we ponder on. Which ones do you think about? Can, can I tell you what I thought was really cool about the Mary situation? Mary is very familiar with Old Testament prophecy. So the moment she understood that she was giving birth to the Savior, she would have immediately understood that his life was going to end in sacrificial death. She would have known. Some people will preach that Mary was surprised, but Mary would have known. So here's what I think was happening. And it's the reason why I think it uses the word treasure. I think she was treasuring up all of the positive, all of the promises that God had fulfilled. God told her she was going to give pregnant or, or give birth to a baby even though she had never been with her husband. And guess what she did? God took care of the Joseph issue. And we all know that would have been a big issue. God took care of her as she traveled 90 miles. God took care of her when there was no room in the inn. God took care of her when she, had birth, when she gave birth and had nowhere to put the baby. God, God brought the gifts. God, God was always there with the promise. And so I think she was treasuring up the promises because she knew soon was going to come pain. And the same for us. I think it's so important that we learn to treasure up the positive in case seasons of pain come. And it's important for us to pick what we ponder at the end of this year. And so I thought more and more about it, and I thought, here's what I want to do. I want to give you a present. Can't afford to give you all a present, but I wanted to give you a present, and I wanted to make it something that everybody could relate to. I wanted to get something for everybody. And so I'm going to give you a present to ponder. And these are seven things that the Lord has taught me in the year of 2018. Just kind of a quick summary of seven things that have just been the staple for me that I have hung on to that have been a blessing to me, and I want to give them to you. Because in case you find yourself at the end of this year, and this bucket is starting to weigh more than that bucket, here are some things for you to ponder on. And because I love you so much, and I spend so much time on this, it's in an acronym, 
or an acoustic, acrostic, it's not an acoustic, an acrostic of the word present. All right, you ready? Here's the P. Peace isn't the absence of something, it's the presence of someone. The end of this year, listen to me, you're not going to find your peace in the absence of something. You find your peace in the presence of him. Look what Colossians 3.15 says, and let the peace that comes from what? Christ rule in your heart. The peace that you need this year is not going to come from something ending. It's going to come from someone coming into your life, and that's Jesus. Here's the R. Remember, when you don't think you deserve a second chance, you didn't deserve the first one. This was so good for me. This right here sums up the grace of God because I'm guilty of often thinking I don't deserve God's grace and I don't deserve God's purpose and I don't deserve God's peace in my second, third, fourth, and fifth chances. And God convicted me this year and he said, you're right, you don't. And you didn't deserve the first one either. You won't deserve the third one, you won't deserve the fourth one. I love Romans 5, 8, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while what? We were still sinners. Christ didn't die for you when you were good looking. Christ didn't die for you when you got all dressed up and presented yourself well. Christ died for you while you were still a sinner. So if you think you don't deserve the second chance, remember you didn't deserve the first one. Here's an E for you. Everything I have, God owns. I just manage it. If you were here, remember we did a series one time about buckets, and we talked about putting all of our buckets into the Jesus bucket. And this stuck with me. It just, it just really, really was carved on my spirit that everything I own, every financial thing, my family, every blessing that I own is God's, but he put me in the responsibility of managing it. Psalm 24.1 says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it and the world and all of its people belong to him. Here's the S. Sometimes God can't meet your expectations because he wants to exceed them. Sometimes he won't be able to meet. As I was listing all the things that happened this year, I think we can all most relate to unmet expectations. Something we thought was going to happen this year and it didn't. And hear me, sometimes your expectations have to go unmet so that God can exceed them. Amen? Ephesians 3.20, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. That's our verse. I think I said Ephesians 4.20 earlier, but Ephesians 3.20, do immeasurably more in us. Amen? Here's the other E. Everything God says comes through the language of three things, acceptance, affection, and affirmation. Everything God will ever say to you comes through the language of those three things. If it's not that language, God didn't say it. Look how he spoke over his son. A voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love, affection, with whom I am well pleased, affirmation. His son, acceptance. Acceptance, affection, affirmation. Amen? Here's the end. I like this one, and it's what's going to happen at the beginning of the year. New territory will always demand new sacrifices. God has done some really sweet things in our church in 2018. We've now seen 70 people give their heart to Jesus through this church. We had a Dream Team Christmas party. There were 130 people at the skating ring at our Dream Team Christmas party. We had about 30 at our first uh, Dream Team Christmas party before we launched the church. And one of our band members, he's, he's on vacation right now with his family, he said this on Facebook. I thought it was cool. He said, last year we had three tables. This year we had a building. It's pretty cool. 
It's God's faithfulness. But it doesn't come without sacrifice, church. For new territory, we got to have new sacrifices. Hear me. This fast that's coming up in January is going to open up new territory for you. But it's also going to demand a new sacrifice. Some of you, you never fasted. God's going to use it. Some of you never fasted this before. I'm, I'm always open with you. I've never, I've never done a full fast for 20 days before, never. But I know God's going to pour out his presence in that process. Because with new sacrifice comes new territory. Hebrews 12.1, let us throw off everything that hinders us so that sin, that, no, that sin will not easily entangle us. Let us throw it off. New sacrifices. I get rid of this so I can experience that. And then before you put the last one up, this is really my gift to you. Because this is the new thing that God has been speaking to me. And if I've talked to you over text message or prayed for you recently, I've probably said this to you. But this is the, kind of the new statement that God's been giving me towards the end of the year. And it's so good. I love it. You ready for it? Here it goes. It's the T. If things aren't good, then God's not done. If things aren't good in your life, God's not done. I love Philippians 1.6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out into completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Anybody seen Creed 2? Y'all seen that movie? I guess that's not a Christmas Hallmark movie. I saw it. Creed 2, if you're not familiar, there's this boxer. His name's Creed, and uh, he's fighting a guy named Drago. It's got a whole backstory from the movie's Rocky. Do yourself a favor. Take Christmas Day. Watch them all, okay? Do yourself a favor. Um, but it's a big deal. It's a boxing movie. And if those of you are familiar with movies, you know how movies often lead up to a climax, and that's the end of the movie, and so on and so on. So I'm watching it with a friend of mine, and about midway into the movie, the two main people have a fight. I'm not ruining it for you. I'm not going to give you, I mean, I'm kind of ruining it for you, but not really. Uh, feel free to leave right now. Just give your ties. Oh, you already gave your ties. Can, I'm just kidding. Um, and so they, they get in this fight, and so that I don't ruin it for you, put it this way. Creed basically loses the fight. And I was like, this is weird. This is not how this movie's supposed to go. And I looked down at my watch, and I could tell by the time that we were halfway into the movie. And then I knew, oh, we're only halfway through. This, we're, not, we're not done with the movie. So something else is going to happen. And when that happened, I felt the Spirit of God tell me this. If it's ever not good, you're in the middle of the movie. I'm not done. I'm a God that's always going to complete the good work that I began. So if it's not good, then God is not done. And I tell you that because, again, you've got this process of weighing all these things mentally. 2019. And if one side begins to outweigh the others, then you've got a present to ponder. You can ponder on the fact that peace doesn't come by the absence of something but by the presence of someone you can ponder on the fact that, that you don't deserve the second chance, but you didn't deserve the first chance either. You can ponder on the fact that with new sacrifices comes new territory. And look, if you, at the end of the day, if this side is drastically outweighing the other side, then ponder on Philippians 1.6. Ponder on the fact that if it's not good, then he is not done. Amen? Here's Mary, all that she's got going on. And the Bible thought it was important to put in a verse that says she pondered. I don't think there's a word in the Bible that doesn't have a purpose. I don't think God put a word in there and went, ah, oh, don't worry about it, that won't matter. Just put that in there to fill space. 
And so when I read a sentence like that that seems like it has no real purpose, that's the moment where I realize this must be the one God wants us to focus on the most. And what God wants us to focus on is this year, 2018's over, 2019's about to begin. What will we choose to ponder? Would you stand with me this morning? When you came in, you got a candle. As Pastor Brian said, we didn't give you uh, actual candles because we want to have church here next Sunday. But hold on, don't turn them on yet because we're about to do something special. In a minute, I'm going to pray. And when I say amen, you're going to see me light my candle. Let me tell you why I'm lighting my candle, and then that will inspire you or encourage you to why you should light yours. I only want you to light your candle if you can think about a promise that God fulfilled this year. I want you to light your candle if you can think about a miracle and a moment where God was faithful this year. I want you to ponder for just a second where God was so obvious in your situation. I know you had hard times, but God's in the pain as much as he is in the pleasure. And I understand that things were difficult and that some things, even right now, at the end of the year, aren't quite understand. You don't, you don't know what's going to happen. There, there's uncertainty. I understand that. But God has been faithful time and time and time again. And what Mary knew is that if she could ponder on the positive, she'd be able to get through the pain. And for us this year, what I want us to do is to ponder on the faithfulness and the promises of God. And so when I tell you I'm going to light my candle, here's why I'm going to light my candle. Because this time last year, we didn't have a church. We didn't have a church. We had about 30-something, 40-something people who sat right here in these seats where you're sitting, and they prayed. And we went out, and we set up stuff, and we practiced, and we ran through, and now here we sit in a service like this, praising God for the people who gave their life to him, praising God for the people who have found their purpose, praising God for the people who have been baptized and the marriages that have been healed, the children who have been able to be taught the word of God. I praise him for that. I was talking to Veda, my oldest, Casey Ray is with her grandparents, and we were sitting back praying, getting ready to come out, and we were walking through the service, and she said, when do we light our candles? And I kind of explained to her what I just said to you, and I'm, not, I'm using you kind of as a good way to give myself praise here. Um, she said, okay, I know why I'm going to light my candle. I said, you know, you know, you know the promise of, you know what you're going to do? She said, yeah, I know why. I said, what? She goes, because he gave me good parents. And that's when she said, do you know why you're going to light yours? And I said, yeah. It's great though. I said, <laughs> I said, it's because of the church, baby, because God gave us the church. She goes, and me. I was like, yeah, and you. Obviously, you. I'd light every candle for you. But what a moment. And so, like I said, I'll pray. And when I say amen, you're going to see me light my candle. And here's my challenge to you as you think about that promise, as you think about that moment, that miracle, that favor, the promise that God gave you, the promise that you see happening, I'm going to ask you to light your candle. And as those candles light, we'll be in worship. And then I want you to look around. And I want you to see the faithfulness of God and the promises of God. And know that in 2019, when pain comes, you'll ponder on this moment of promise. Amen? Lord, we thank you for who you are. 
God, your faithfulness. We don't deserve you. We don't deserve your grace. We don't deserve your mercy. We don't deserve to be in your presence. But we're thankful for it. And everybody in this place, God, we have something. We have a moment. Even in the midst of all of our pain, in the midst of all of our misery, in the midst of all our confusion, there are moments where you were so evident in our life this year. And we want to praise you for that. And we want to ponder on those moments, proving that Philippians 1.6 is right, proving that you will bring to completion this good work that you began. And so right now, God, in the only way we know how, we're going to worship you and praise you for your faithfulness. And God, we pray that you receive this worship straight from our hearts. It's in Jesus' name I pray.